podcast. Hi, I'm Ruth. And I'm Tina. And this is Talk and Smash. The podcast where we wear scarves and talk about Smash. <laughs> and we're back after a hiatus. And we're podcasting remotely. Uh, today we're talking about uh, episode 112, Publicity. And the NBC.com synopsis is, Karen finds herself seduced by the glamorous life of new BFF Rebecca Duval. But can Rebecca be trusted? And it was directed by Michael Mayer and written by Teresa Rebick. And aired sometime in 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Tina, tell me what scarf you're wearing. So I have my scarf next to me because it is a belly dancing hip scarf in honor of today's episode. And it is black and it has lots of really, really noisy gold coins on it. Um, I know I wore some sort of belly dancing scarf in the past. Um, my mom and I took classes together for like two years and I have stuff left over from it. Cause it was a really, it was really fun to buy stuff for belly dancing classes. <laughs> No, I was going to say, it's a hobby with great accessories. It truly is. Uh, Now tell me about your beautiful scarf. So I also wore this scarf in honor of this week's Bollywood-inspired episode. This is quasi, I suppose, Indian-style scarf. It is, um, as you can see, it is like a very filmy blue with lots of gold um, decoration on it. It is gorgeous. Thank you. So, and I think I will take it off very soon because it's a little scratchy as well. (laughs) I'm going to take it off right now. All right. So speaking of scarves, this was like a scarf-tastic episode. Oh my Lord. Okay. So my conservative scarf count was 32. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm sure I missed a bunch then because I counted 22. So I got to 16 scarves before we hit the Bollywood number. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, yes. Basically everyone wore at least one scarf this week. Even Linda wore a scarf. Like she did. So many scarves. Rebecca wore like four. So I'm not going to list them all out because again, there were 32 at the end of the Bollywood number where they're kind of like, you know, throwing throwing scarf-like objects in the air. I counted six of those, but even if we discount those six, we're still in the, we're still in the high twenties. Absolutely. So, yes. So it is our most scarf-tastic episode to date. <laughs> all right. So, oh yes, I even have a note three minutes in and already eight scarves. <laughs> <laughs> it was foreshadowing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So I guess let oh oh we need yeah, to let's talk, talk about Smash News. Yes. So it's it's finally happening. Steven Spielberg's vision is finally coming to life. <laughs> um, there is going to be a Smash musical on Broadway. Yay! So yes, it was announced this week. Um, the day after the Smash uh, benefit concert uh, rebroadcast or first time broadcast but yes the day after the smash benefit um broadcast it was announced that there is going to be a smash broadway musical that will be a new story but it will it will still contain the four characters of tom julia karen and ivy um and it will still be the story of a creative team putting together a musical of Marilyn Monroe's life. That that was my comprehension of what I read and my recall of it. So no names attached to it yet, but I, you know, I think we have, we know some people who would be happy to audition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't just go for bombshell, staging bombshell, which was always the plan and it's what people have been asking for. But maybe... Because what I, my sense from like the fan zeitgeist is that people really want to see Smash come back as a television show and people would like to see 
bombshell as a Broadway show. But this is, this is a third option that I didn't see coming, which is turning Smash into a Broadway musical. Yes. And honestly, I'm not that interested in seeing Bombshell the musical. So I would, <laughs> I would be more That's interested fine. in seeing Smash the musical. So, but, and again, who knows, even in, even in the most normal of times, who knows it would, how long it would, would, would take for this to come to, uh, to come to actually come to a theater in New York. But in our special times now, who can say <laughs> yes. this will be? So, but the good news for uh, uh, Megan Hilty and Catherine McPhee is you can play an ingenue on Broadway until you're like 50, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So no problems there. Um, and if you missed it, we did do a special episode of the podcast where we did a hot off the presses reaction to the Smash Benefit concert. So, you know, go back and listen to that if you missed it. Excellent. All right. So now let's talk about publicity. So we begin, as we often do, in the rehearsal room. People are coming in for rehearsal. Derek is telling Karen to stay on top of the music, just in case. And he's looking at her with his befuddled Derek eyes. Um, Yes, Ellis walks in in a mustard cardigan and mustard tie. And I have to say, that is a great combination. Yeah, Um, he, he looks great. They really did a great job of giving Ellis, like, a great and very distinctive look. Mm-hmm. So he's got, like, the cardigan the cardigan and tie thing with, like, a with like a fun patterned shirt. That's his look, and it's great. And so Ellis and Ivy both come into the rehearsal room. We're starting rehearsal for the day. They see Derek and Karen, and they both clock, I think, the same thing in terms of, like, there's some... There's some interesting thing happening there. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the episode where Derek confesses to Karen that he sees her. He has like, yes. that's when he pictures the show, he pictures her as Marilyn. Yes, that is Eric. Why do I keep calling him Eric? I that don't is, know. Yeah, that is Derek's confession that he... And uh, that and a dollar fifty will get you peanut oil-free potato chips. <laughs> 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 yes, and we also see a new Joe DiMaggio singing Lexington and 52nd Street, and we're like, what? This isn't Michael Swift. He doesn't no, even but- have any scruff on his face. <laughs> but um, it is Tony Yazbek. Okay. Yeah, and he's just fine, but he's not Michael Swift. Yes. Um, underlining that Michael Swift is out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rebecca is late to rehearsal because she was at the gym yeah and then you know it's after rehearsal the ensemble kids are going off to do whatever they're going to do and and Karen and Ivy they are part of the group together and that's great and then Rebecca stops her and is like hey Karen want to hang out with me tonight and more to that more more to come on that so I love at that at this moment, um, the paparazzi is you know taking all these pictures of Rebecca, and Rebecca's super used to it, so she's just you know uh, kind of ignoring it, just going about what she normally does. And Jessica in the background is like loving the cameras, as she is. It's just a fun bit of background business. Jessica is like waving to the cameras <laughs> and like <laughs> taking her moment. Yes, delightful. Yeah. Oh, and while they were at rehearsal, they were they were supposed to start working on Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which we haven't heard in a while. And Rebecca was like, oh, can we put a pin in that? Uh, I have some ideas. Rebecca still has ideas. Um, and she wants Julia to write a new scene. So then we cut to Tom and Derek in Eileen's office. And Tom is, of course, complaining about this. The, the main thing I noticed here is that uh, Eileen has an elevator inside her office and I think this might be like the new least realistic thing about Smash. (laughs) We cut to Karen's apartment where she's telling Dev about her about her date with Rebecca tonight and her apartment is drenched in sunshine through huge windows which is also (laughs) unrealistic but her apartment is filled with sunshine just like Karen is filled with sunshine and Dev is still a whiny baby. 
So then uh, we, we, we see Rebecca and Karen on their, on their cool friend date that night and they go to a club and Rebecca walks up to the band and, you know, you know, asks for Karen to have a chance to like sit in to sing and she does and she sings a pop song and like that is time I wish could be spent on other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Randall. It's see, it, I mean, I think Rebecca's doing that because she, I mean, she, like she says, she wants to check out the competition. So it actually has a point. It does have a point. It does have a point, yes. And Randall's, of course, there with them. And he, I think the thing, the nice thing about Rebecca is she's a very, she's quite a three-dimensional character in terms Mm -hmm. of, she is very shrewd and she is charming. Um, And, but then she is also... But because I think what Rebecca Rebecca is doing is like, okay, so she's shrewd and she's charming and, but she's also vulnerable. We don't see like a ton of that in this episode, but we do see it sometimes. And then she, she's also kind of an asshole at times, but like, Mm -hmm. get like, we get a whole like mix of stuff with her. So I think she's like, she has clocked Karen as the person with the most symmetrical face in, in the room. (laughs) So, like, this person has a face that could be in magazines. Let me keep an eye on her. And yeah. she has chosen, like, you know what? I'm going to befriend her. I'm going to be seen as her mentor who's grooming her, not as an older actress who is, um, who is threatened by her. Yes. So I think it's a very, you know, it's a calculated move on her part. And I think mm-hmm. it's a smart one. But so anyway, Karen sings and people do their, their classic smash, like head bobbing thing to indicate that they're listening to something really awesome. And then everyone gives her a standing ovation. And then now that after like nine minutes and five different scenes, we have the opening credits. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Was this just a smash thing? Is this the thing that like other network television shows were doing where I feel like the the network standard was like you have one scene and then you go to the opening credits. Yeah. But Smash Smash decided not to do that for whatever reason. They you well, well, it's, like, it's a groundbreaking show. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so that was disconcerting. It's like, oh yeah, I guess we haven't had the credits yet. Then so then we are back in the show and we see Dev. Oh no, we see RJ reading tabloid coverage about Rebecca and Karen's night. And then of course, Dev sees her and, you know, Dev should just never be on screen like without Karen there. We don't need it. So yes, but we see Dev has another thing to be like insecure and bratty about now because Karen is getting all this uh, tabloid attention. And of course the tabloids are saying like, oh, gal pals or gal pals, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. So then we are back in the rehearsal room, thank goodness, and we start with Tom and Derek, and they are arguing about something. I forget what. Oh, uh, Tom wants Derek to take back control of the rehearsal studio and, you know, direct, because he's a director. Yes. And... I really enjoy Tom and Derek together. I, I do too. I think that's one of my favorite pairings on the show. And this actually got me thinking of like, you know what would have been a fun direction to take Smash? If like we had a Tom, Derek, and Ivy Threpple. Because there's definitely some, you know, there's some weird, te- you know, so Derek could oh. like really accept his bisexuality. <laughs> that um, he's thwarted all these years because he grew up with a gay dad. And, you know, Derek and Tom can do things together and Derek and Ivy can do things together. And then Tom and Tom and Ivy can just hang out and have fun. And I think this, I think that has legs. Well, that does have legs. I think, I think that there's uh, some thruple energy that that's unexplored, even just with Tom being Ivy's other gay best friend and oh with Tom and Sam yeah yeah and then Derek and Ivy are 
uh, you know, a, a, a couple. And then Tom and Derek are like on and off again, friends and coworkers. But we rarely see like, Ivy as part of that triangle of like, Tom's my friend and Derek's my lover and boss. And how that impacts her relationships both but mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like there's not enough plot going on in smash <laughs> <laughs> that's true but yes that was just a thought i had we so derek and tom are in the rehearsal room arguing and then we 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 cut to outside the rehearsal room where everyone is in the hallway <laughs> listening to them arguing and then linda our stage manager knocks on the door and says okay, you know, guys, we're back, you know, break's over and we're back and the company is waiting right outside the door. <laughs> yes. And then we, we get to hear, no, we don't get to hear it yet. But um, Tom mentions that, I guess, I guess, again, per Rebecca's, per Rebe Rebecca's requests for changes or spurred on by that, he and Julia have written a new song called Secondhand white baby grand. Yay! And, yay! And um, Rebecca, and uh, they say it's for not for not for Rebecca, but for the shadow selves to sing, leading up into the dig deep uh, number. And Rebecca is like, well, let's give the number to Karen. She's got a real rock star voice. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, Karen gets everything. Mm -hmm. And then we have Karen and Rebecca hanging out at Karen's apartment. Rebecca's given her all of these new clothes that she's gotten, you know, from doing some campaign or other. It comes up that Karen lives with her boyfriend, Dev, and Rebecca's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, you know, enjoy it while it lasts, basically, because <laughs> most men can't handle the, the fame of their, of their female partner. So, so they're chatting and trying on clothes. And then we see a montage of them out, out on the town later. And it's, I think they actually use like that flash sound of like cameras <laughs> going off. And we just see them like in all these hot spots around town. And then Karen's coming back to the apartment and she's drunk. And drunk Karen is delightful. She is. She's like, she's so sweet. And she just, she's really vulnerable in that moment and she just wants she's telling deb about her night but it's so clear this is some nice acting from katherine mcphee it's so clear that she just wants deb to be happy for her yeah and she and that she is just purely happy of like oh wow i got to have such a fun night I yeah. David Bowie. isn't this great isn't this awesome and deb is you know, just kind of being like a passive aggressive lump in the corner. <laughs> and, you know, and Deb is like, where did all these clothes from, you know, come from? You must have spent a fortune. And she, I love the way she says this. This was like, again, a great line reading, a great acting moment by Catherine McPhee. And she's like, they just give these to her for free. <laughs> she's a little drunk. <laughs> And Deb is like, oh, well, I didn't know celebrities got things for free, which is, of course, a lie because, you know, Dev works in media and he is just yeah. being, again, a big whiny baby. Yeah. And then we go to Julia's house. And I had a realization today about Julia's house. Julia's house is like the house from a Nancy Myers movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, yes. 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 Yeah, so Julia lives in the Nancy Myers world. We see her and Tom, they're working together. They're working on the new song, Secondhand White Baby Grand. Um, Frank arrives to pick up Leo. And, you know, this is when we realize Leo has pulled the classic sitcom child move of calling both parents and telling them he's with the other one. Mm -hmm. And that's when it uh it comes to light that leo um the last time either of them saw him was days ago on monday and um they talked to a policeman comes to their house to take their statements and talk to them and and you know 
Julia's like, oh, he's such a good kid. He, you know, he does his homework. He's really, he's really great. And, and they're, and the cop is like, oh, so he's never been in any trouble. And she's like, well, he did get arrested for smoking pot in Central Park. And the cop is like, oh, I mean, he has a record. And they're like, no, 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 no. It was expunged. And <laughs> it is a black cop. And I think, you know, I, I think I'm projecting yeah. this on, but I do believe there was like a microsecond of like, uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Of course it was expunged. Um, but my favorite line in this, which I think was unintentionally funny, but uh, unintentionally funny, but I found it hilarious was Julia saying to the cop at the end of like, oh gosh, you know, we have to find him. And, you know, he's, he, he, he's young, but basically he's, he's, he's younger than he looks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like that line was directly at us. <laughs> well, I wonder I wonder if it was a cheeky wink at the fact that the guy, the kid looks 30 or, um, or whether it was just unintentional. So you think it was a cheeky wink? This was a cheeky wink. Well, this is the episode that had the Bollywood number. So I, maybe it is believe that it was, that it was a cheeky, cheeky wink to the audience in terms of, you know what? We hear you. Yeah. Okay. We fooled ourselves that this guy looked like a teenager, but we were wrong. <laughs> the camera adds 15 years. Um, so then uh, we cut to Derek's apartment uh, in Derek's bedroom uh, with Derek and Ivy. And he is fiddling around with a model of the set. And Ivy is lying in bed wearing an awesome nightgown. Mm-hmm. And they are... And yeah, and they're basically talking about the show, having real like theater talk. And I wish, I wish we had more of this, like, you know, like the two of them, like talking about um, stage pictures and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Give me more of that and less, less pop music. But again, I may be in minority there, but, and Derek does confide in her about his, his worries and his, um, concerns for the show and whatnot so yeah. she, really, she really is his partner to an extent in like the creative yeah. process and so then um we are it's the next day we are back at rehearsal of course julia is not there because she is dealing with the leo situation um she she's confided in tom of course but she's asked him not to tell anyone else because she doesn't want eileen knowing about this and having it become like a bigger thing that yeah. like derails the show yeah. or, or whatnot. Um, and so at the rehearsal room, we hear, uh, you know, Tom talking on the phone to Julia, like off in the corner, like asking her if there's any updates. And I love how much Tom, you know, I love how that Tom not only loves Julia, but he loves Leo too. And like yeah, that really it's... comes across. This was a really good Christian Burrell episode. It was. It yeah. was. I buy their friendship. I buy their working relationship. You know, mm-hmm. Christian Borrell and Deborah Messing just click. And, you know, whatever work they did, you know, in, you know, privately to, they've imbued this relationship with like years of history. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so then we cut to a comedic moment. So like everyone's like kind of lolling around the rehearsal room because mm-hmm. Rebecca isn't back yet. <laughs> and uh, Derek is like, where's Rebecca? And then he's like, where's Linda? And it, um, it, <laughs> it, comes, to, it comes to light that Rebecca has uh, taken Linda aside to teach her how to make Rebecca's smoothies. And so we have comedic music as Derek in a huff like marches out to um, the, the, the smoothie station that's been built in the hallway <laughs> and all the cast like scurries on after him to see the hijinks that are about to ensue. And we have like, you know, comedy music in the score in the background. And um, we, we have like some really funny moments of like Rebecca teaching Linda this and like Linda's face <laughs> while this is happening. Mm-hmm. And then Derek breaks it up and is yelling about, uh, I don't have time for this and, you know, whatever and get your, 
I don't think this is what he says, but like, get your bloody arse in my rehearsal room. Mm. And, and then he says, I, you know, I don't have time for this. You know, I start tech in a week. And that's when my jaw dropped in terms of you start tech in a week. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like I can't like, yeah, I can't imagine like if he's starting tech in a week, like we, he shouldn't be sleeping, like, especially considering like the state the show is in. If he, yeah. Well, yeah. Like I feel like if, if tech really started in a week, like the, 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 the stress level of like everyone involved in the show should, should have been like ramped up like 20 notches from yeah. what it was. Yeah, it feels, it feels like the energy in the room feels more like we're a week away from dress rehearsals for the workshop or something like. Yes. But, you know, yeah, like everyone should be more stressed. The ensemble, Tom, everyone, no one should be going out to dinner. No one should have time to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that is aside the point. So. So now Derek storms into Eileen's office. Now it's him complaining about Rebecca mm -hmm. instead of him and Tom. Um, and, and Eileen's like, what do you want me to do about this, Derek? And he's like, I want you to put her in her place. And Eileen says, I did that last week, which <laughs> again, I'm, I'm choosing to believe again, this is a cheeky wink saying like, okay, we basically did this same plot last week in mm. terms of Rebecca is a star and she's a big pain in the ass and uh, she's derailing our process. Which is essentially, again, the major conflict from last week. Yeah. But that's okay. So then Eileen solves the problem by putting Ellis on smoothie duty. Yes. Yes. And that is great. Um, so Ellis, Ellis is in charge of buying new smoothie making equipment. And he is, you know, the executive in charge of smoothie production. Um, <laughs> So, and we see him setting, setting this stuff up while rehearsal is going on in the room and Ivy's hanging out in the hallway because the rehearsal that's going on is for Karen's new number, Secondhand White Baby Grant. And, you know, so Ivy and Ellis are just chatting in the hall together. And that is always a great combination. So, mm -hmm. so now we have to check in on Julia. She and Frank have gone to the house of... Mason. Mason. Mason's yes. back. Yeah. And now we get to meet Mason's mom. Um, and they're basically asking if Mason knows anything. And Mason's like, nope. Uh, <laughs> and that's that. And then we cut to Karen has invited Rebecca to have dinner with her and Dev because they've become such great pals over the past two days. Mm -hmm. And she wants Dev and Rebecca to meet together and, you know, get to know each other. So they meet at an Indian restaurant. Um, and we see prominently displayed on a television screen in the Indian restaurant, like a Bollywood style music number happening on this television screen. Um, but then Rebecca comes in and she's like, oh, an Indian restaurant. Oh, dear God. And um, it comes to light that Rebecca has a peanut allergy. And she's like, it's a real allergy. It's not a fake allergy. Um, and so that's why she's so concerned about being at an Indian restaurant. Dev reassures her there's not peanuts in Indian food. And but she kind of does not does not take that in and like talks to the waiter in a <laughs> In a condescending uh, and racist way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and she does Apu voice, um, <laughs> which yeah. is, that, that's bad. And um, again, this is adding layers to Rebecca in terms of she's kind of charming and also an asshole. But I, you know, this, I feel like if um, we've established, you know, Rebecca is kind of this like classic Hollywood type. And mm. now it like, so typically if you're being like, oh my gosh, this is a Hollywood person, they would be all, they would all, the more exotic a cuisine, the more they'd be into it. And like, mm. and, you know, well, I think it'd be more in keeping with what they've built for Rebecca if she was like, oh yes. I love Northern Indian cuisine from, you know, the Kashmir region, but, oh, 
southern indian cuisine oh dear no 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 um but <laughs> but um yes so they are having an awkward dinner together and then we we see eileen she and nick are going to a fancy event together at the brooklyn academy of music and um jerry is there as well and so they run into jerry and jerry is with a date a date named Lindsay. But basically, they've ever seen some sort of like avant-garde type of theater thing. And uh, Eileen and Nick are talking to uh, a fancy couple who presumably are friends of hers from when she from when she's with Jerry. And they're like, oh, gosh, I loved the stillness of this. And <laughs> Nick is like, you know what? I really didn't like it. Um, <laughs> it was kind of boring. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then, Nick, Nick charms, like Nick charms this couple, like they find him, you know, like they're cool with him. I don't know if they're cool with him. I think they're a little, they're a little puzzled. Like, oh, okay, this is, this is what Eileen's doing today. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. You know, yeah. Difference of opinion there. But then Jerry comes up with, a uh, with like a 20 year old blonde who towers yeah. over him, which is yeah. delightful. <laughs> She, uh, yeah, she's like, um, she's like, she, and she is so excited to meet Eileen. And it's <laughs> so cute. <laughs> the sweetest thing. She's like, oh, hi, Mrs. Rand. I mean, hello. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so Eileen gets to see her two men, you know, in, in contrast to each other. And of course, um, Jerry, you know, tries to poke at Nick and, Nick just kind of shrugs it off. Um, Eileen, Eileen decides, you know what? I'm bored too. Let's get out of here. And she, <laughs> and Nick, she and Nick leave. And uh, then we, we cut to Tom's apartment where Tom and Sam have just gotten back from having dinner with Ivy, their <laughs> mutual best friend. Mm -hmm. And Sam, uh, you know, asked Tom like, hey, like, what's up? You were so quiet at dinner. And Tom, you know, kind of has, you know, kind of like, breaks his facade completely and is like Lear's missing he's been missing for three days and I can't tell I couldn't tell anyone because Julia doesn't want anyone to know and Tom just gets and Sam just gets to be there for him and it's yeah. really nice yeah yes and then we're back at the Indian restaurant and Rebecca and Dev are you know start to actually fight um about Over Karen uh, yes <laughs> you know over Karen and Karen's like you see I told Karen your ego would get in the way of her becoming a star and you know as they're fighting Karen's eyes drift over to the television screen and we start to hear Bollywood-esque music start to play and then all of a sudden we're in the Bollywood number and oh hooray so let's talk about all right so then Yes, let's talk about this. This is like, this is like a Disney Channel version of, of a Bollywood uh, musical number. And I have to say, I, I just, I love this so much. I mean, I d I'm looking at your face right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, is it, cult you know, is it culturally insensitive? Maybe, but it's so fun. I think it's so like, so here's what happens in this number. So we have um, we have the like Dev leading this group of men, and like you know he is talking to Karen through song, and you know as they as they all dance, and then Karen and her coterie of of ladies all in saris are sitting there listening to him and watching the men dance, and then she stands up. And then they all go and sit down and Karen and all the girls come forward and, you know, she talks back to him in song and they dance. And um, then we get these different little tableaus of all the characters also in these gorgeous Indian costumes. And we, we flash on them as, the, as a lyric in the song approximates their life situation. And one of the things I love about this is there are people in this number who Karen has never met in real life. Yes. Yet they're in her fantasy, such <laughs> as we see, the, <laughs> we see the tableau of Julia and Leo and Frank, and we have the tableau of, 
<laughs> this is one of the best ones of Eileen and Nick. And then um, all of a sudden, like Ellis darts into that tableau to steal the jewel from a jewel chest and darts out again. And that's wonderful. It's, have, it's best. It's like, it's, it's one of the, the best moments ever. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It's one of the best moments. <laughs> I like, I, la I, I recall laughing out loud the first time I watched that. And, and again, because it's like a cheeky wink of like, hey guys, we know you hate Alice. We know Alice is super sneaky. Look at this. <laughs> um, and we have Rebecca um, being with Randall by her side and being fanned by these beefcakes. And we have Ivy also, you know, on a chaise longue while uh, Derek feeds her grapes. And... Um, it's great, and then everyone's dancing around, and we have, and then CGI petals are being poured onto the, <laughs> you know, poured onto them from overhead, and it's glorious. And everyone looks beautiful. Everyone looks beautiful. They built this gigantic two-story set to do this number in that looks beautiful. And you know what? Everyone looks like they're having such a great time. Yeah. I mean, you've got, like, Brian Darcy James, like, doing these little Bollywood, like, hand motions. Mm -hmm. Everyone is having so much fun. I love it. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem okay. with the All Bollywood right. number. I mean, I think, like, it's, like, it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fantasy, and it's not being uh, presented as, like, this is authentic you know, anything Bollywood. Um, it's an original song written for the show. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, this isn't like, this isn't a case of like, um, like nobody, lo like, a, 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 like an Indian woman didn't like lose her job to give like <laughs> Catherine McPhee, you know, a chance to do this. Um, so that's fine. Like, I, 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 I mean, obviously, you know, other people might think differently and I don't mean to talk over any like valid concerns about this. Um, but it didn't like, I think it's, 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 it's in keeping with the ridiculous, the ridiculousness and the fantasy of the show. It's like, there's a particular reason why Karen's mind goes there. She's sitting in an Indian restaurant next to her Indian boyfriend and there's a Bollywood musical on TV. So it, like, I think it makes sense. And it's, it's beautiful and I think it works just fine. And the Ellis bit is hilarious. And it's, mm -hmm. I think the Ellis bit is just a moment of the show understanding itself. Yes. And I think, I think this is where like, I think we can feel like this struggle that's been happening with the show, like since the beginning in terms of this, is this like, a serious fancy Emmy nominated kind of show or yeah. is this is this like a fun cheeky campy kind of show that also has moments that can like really just like get you in the gut yeah and I feel like in this episode with these couple little moments that well with with the whole Bollywood number and then these couple little like winky moments that we get I think they whoever was in charge on this particular day decided we're not like the fancy show you know we're not the serious fancy show we're we're the fun show that celebrates you know that celebrates theater and mm -hmm. has a great time mm -hmm. and, <laughs> yeah and I think that's the show we read. Hello? Hi. Okay. Um, I, I, my phone slipped and now it thinks I'm driving. <laughs> and I can't uh, see you anymore, but okay. I guess if you can still hear me, then we're okay. I can still hear you just fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can hear you now. Okay. Um, I wish I knew how to get out of this mode. Yay! So you were saying, did they, did did they consciously cast? Like, did they were they were they trying to cast? Did they 
did they did they want to cast an Indian person specifically for, you know, d diversity, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I, I don't get the sense that the show was thinking about, like, <laughs> I don't think diversity was, you're right. I don't think diversity was like top of their priority list when they were casting. But um, so, yeah, I think they probably just, you know, it was probably just Karen's boyfriend, you know, any ethnicity, as long as they're super handsome and have a chiseled yeah. jawline. Um, yeah. And then once they cast Raza Jaffrey, they're like, oh, there's an Indian person in the cast now. Let's do a Bollywood number. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's find it. Now we can find a reason. And, and I'm okay with it because it gave us something so fun and so fun to look at, just fun on multiple levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we cut to uh, Nick's apartment where mm -hmm. Nick and Eileen have have uh decamped to after they mm -hmm. left the, the boring show mm -hmm. and we get to see what nick's apartment looks like Ooh. you know and it's great because it's clean mm -hmm. it, it's furnished and he's decorated it he's got exposed brick walls and we learn that nick loves whales and nick loves guitars mm -hmm. and he and eileen kiss and oh and also he um she curled her hair for their fancy night out at the fancy yeah. and he says your hair looks pretty like that and then they kiss and fade to black but i think mm -hmm. we can um, more mature adult activities occurred after the camera leaves the room yes then we cut to the next day and we have juliet uh, standing on the sidewalk outside of uh, Leo's school. And mm -hmm. she catches Mason as he's going to go in the door, basically threatens him, you know. <laughs> this, is a, this is a really great scene yeah. that Deborah Messing has. Um, yes. Where she, like, kind of plays, like, the pain and intensity of it, but also, like, the kind of underlying humor of it, too. Mm -hmm. um, where she's like, listen, you little punk, I'm famous. <laughs> you know, like, I can cause you trouble. And also, uh, she takes off her sunglasses, and we can see, like, you know, she's not wearing any makeup. I, I mean, she's not wearing ma any makeup as the character of Julia. Yeah. I think we can assume Deborah Messing, the actress, was still wearing sun of makeup. Um, but, but she looks yeah. like she's been crying. You can see the stress. Yes. The panic. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she's like, you know, please, you little shit, just tell me <laughs> where my kid is. And Mason admits that, you know, Leo's been in his in his room this whole time. <laughs> and he just needed he just needed a break. Um, so then we we cut to Julia's house and Julia is sharing this information with Frank. And Frank's like, oh my gosh, like let's get him right now. And Julia says, no, let's, let, let's wait, let's calm down, let's let him come to us. And they have, like, a really kind of nice moment of rapprochement where, like, they're kind of being parents together again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really nice. And then we're back at rehearsal, and uh, Ivy and Ellis are chatting at the smoothie station. They're on a, a, a quick five-minute break or whatever, and Rebecca and Karen decide to leave the building because Rebecca wants her her peanut oil-free potato chips. And Ellis asks, if, you know, are you sure you don't want me to get that? And she's like, no, no, I have to get the right kind. And, you know, off they go. And then Ivy asks Ellis if he'd be willing to do something a little sneaky for her. And he says, yes, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> And so Ellis texts Karen from someone else's phone saying, hey, Karen, you're done with rehearsal for the day. And um, so Karen leaves and uh, Rebecca's, of, of course, late coming back. And Derek yells at her and it seems like Rebecca kind of likes it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yes, then uh, so Derek is, you know, in a temper already because Rebecca was late once again. And he's like, wait, and then he's like, Karen Cartwright, where's Karen Cartwright? We're going to rehearse this, this song we've been talking about all episode now. And um, Ivy's like, oh, she's not here. She went home. And I forget who says it. Someone says it. And then Derek fumes for a moment. And then he's like, Ivy, 
do you know the song? And she's like, why, yes, yes, I do. And, <laughs> and then um, she, she, she gets, and then we proceed with uh, rehearsing. Ivy sings secondhand white baby grand and it's great. So much happens while this is going on. So, mm -hmm. so we have Ivy singing the song that uh, we've, we've never heard before. And it's Marilyn is singing about how her mother brought home this secondhand piano. Do you recall some of the lyrics from the song? I like, do. Yeah. yeah. And it's all based on like, you know, real stuff from Marilyn Monroe's life. Like this actually, this happened. And um, so yeah, but her, her mother brings home a, a secondhand white baby grand that she bought from a silent movie star and it was out of tune, um, but still Marilyn learned how to play. And eventually, um, you know, in, in Marilyn's real life, you know, her mother eventually uh, got committed to um, a mental institution. And, you know, so her mother and the piano get taken away. And so, you know, Ivy as Marilyn is thinking about how something how she wishes that she could you know play for her mother and that something broken still has something beautiful to say um and then like as marilyn she says like i may be broken but i still have something beautiful to say yes i and love this song yes and it's so like uh, of course megan hilty sings it so well but also like there's just like all these added layers because we have Ivy singing this song about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ivy who's been cast aside um, mm -hmm. for this role. Saying, yeah. Singing about how something secondhand and broken still has something beautiful to yeah. give. And she's, and, and she's proving it at this moment because she's yeah. giving us something so beautiful and just like such this wonderful performance. Mm -hmm. And Meanwhile, like, so the singing is all happening as part of the rehearsal that they're doing where in, like, in the staging of the show, we have Rebecca as Marilyn on this couch thinking back, you know, like, thinking, you know, thinking back into this memory. Mm -hmm. um, and then the couch is being moved by, like, the court, you know, the ensemble, ensemble members to, like, a different part of the stage. And this is, I love this little moment of, so... Yeah she is supposed to be like there reclining with her eyes closed thinking about this. But when they start to move the couch because she's a rank amateur when it comes to theater, um, she gets all startled and opens her eyes again and breaks the moment and breaks the fourth wall while Ivy is singing. But, you know, we still like just keep moving around. And then, um, and then we see Rebecca watching Ivy and kind mm -hmm. of having this like, you know, Oh shit, you know, yeah she's really good and like i backed the wrong horse maybe yeah and, you know i can't be the benevolent you know you know m movie star to two ingenues mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, you start to see so you know we're having this like experience with ivy singing this song and, and we're also watching like rebecca and her wheels spinning like as she's mm -hmm. sing this song and it's and oh, and we get to watch all of their faces um, mm -hmm. while Ivy sings. Like while Ivy sings, like Eileen has suddenly sh shown up out of nowhere. She was not there a minute ago. <laughs> now, it's fine. And we get we see Tom's face as he's watching Ivy have this moment, and Ellis's face. Ellis, our sociopath, the only one that can move him is Ivy. <laughs> I love Ellis. Yeah, and and also while she's singing, we get a montage of like you know where everyone else in in the cast is and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like um, Leo comes home, and he and Julia and Frank sit down to to dinner together, and Karen comes home to Dev, and of course that's awkward and terrible. Yeah, um, yeah. So we do the classic smash montage of let's see where everyone is while someone sings. And then the song concludes, and it's been wonderful. Derek says something nice to Ivy. In front of people. It's amazing. Yeah, 
Derek publicly praises his girlfriend in front of people. It's a wonderful moment. And then Rebecca says, I've got a great idea. I forget exactly what she says, but she's like, oh, yes, that was wonderful. You know what I think? I think Marilyn should sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, kind of everyone has this moment of like gulp. And that's the end of the episode. Yay! Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's, let's do our bits. Do you want to Kent test Linda? We had, we had a, we had a good amount of Linda this week. Yeah. I feel like Linda never gets, I mean, ideally Linda and more specifically Anne Parada would get more to do. (laughs) Um, I mean, obviously having a recurring character, supporting character in, um, you know, a primetime television show is not too shabby for a stage performer, but still like Anne Harada is so delightful. And in the last, in the last, you know, month, people who aren't familiar with her have really gotten to see so much more of what Anne Harada specifically is able to do. Cause um, you know, she did a great performance um, at uh, the Stephen Sondheim 90th birthday celebration stream. And she, uh, she also in the Smash Benefit concert the other night uh, gets to do I Never Met a Wolf Who Didn't Like to Howl and she's so funny and she's so great and yeah so I think this is a great opportunity to Kent test Linda so let's Go back and refresh everybody's memory of the Kent test. It was created by Clarkisha Kent. And it is a test designed to determine whether a film or any other piece of media has provided the audience with adequate representation of femmes of color. All right. And so we are going to go down the eight points and either give a point or not. Okay. So... Linda must not be a walking stereotype or trope. And I don't think she's a walking stereotype or trope. Do you? No, I do not. So I think she gets a point for that. Yeah, she gets a point. Must have their own plot narrative arc. No No points for that. Uh, must not be solely included in the narrative just for the purpose of holding down some male character in his story. She gets a point for that. She gets a point for that, yeah. I mean, she, yeah. Uh, must not solely be included in the narrative to prop up a white female character. I would I say she, she gets, gets a point. Yes. Yeah, she gets a point for that, you know. Yeah. Uh, must not solely exist in the film piece of media for the purpose of fetishization. Gets a point for that. Must have at least one interaction with another woman or femme of color. Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't think she gets a point for this. (laughs) No, I don't think she, no. No points there. Yeah. Must not be the go-to character to sacrifice in a film or piece of media. Yeah, and she gets a point for that. Linda gets five points. This is a record for our... Yes, this is a record for Smash. Yeah. All right, we finally... (laughs) It's like... um, the sound barrier in, in Smash was like, someone was like four points on the, on, on the Kent test and Linda just broke that. <laughs> she, got, she got five <laughs> points. <laughs> Congratulations, Linda. Congratulations, Smash. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah, I think, I'm, I'm trying to see what the difference is between the other ones. Um, I guess, when we did RJ, she was probably there for, she was probably, RJ didn't get point C because RJ was just there for the purpose of like, you know, dev story. Yeah. And all the other women of color have been there to like, you know, be Karen's friend or Ivy's friend. So. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that was the difference. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Next, we've got under five of the week. And I, I made a list of candidates, but I'm, I'm really so set on one of them. And that okay. is Lindsay, played by Aaron Wyatt, Lindsay Jerry's <laughs> date. You know, I was going to go with the cop, but Lindsay really makes the best of her moment. And... <laughs> okay. The cop was on my list, but then Lindsay came and I was like, oh, you're so fun. <laughs> okay. I, I am cool with that. Okay. And then I think we really had a robust week for least problematic man. Um, did. Yes, I've got I've got four strong contenders, and I will I will list them and um, read off why I think they are a candidate this week, and then I will let you choose which one to crown as a right. problematic man. All right. So we've got Tom, who is a supportive friend to Julia, um, and who also. Um, opens up to his boyfriend and shares what's going on with him emotionally with his boyfriend. So that's great. We've got Nick who notices his girlfriend's hair and comments on it in a complimentary manner, who is mature with, you know, in dealing with her uh, aggressive ex and follows, he follows Eileen's lead in terms of uh, dealing with Jerry. He doesn't get all macho about it. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, he also has a grown-up apartment that, mm -hmm. you know, he has decorated by himself. And then we've got Sam, who is a supportive boyfriend to Tom and also keeps Tom's confidence. He doesn't go running off to Ivy to share yep. the, the confidential information that Tom has given him. Yep. Um, and then we have Coming from behind, Frank, who's been such a dick recently. But in this episode, he, he listens to Julia um, when it comes to, he, he doesn't blame her. He doesn't yell at her. They, they both just like, are like, oh my gosh, we're in this terrible situation. All we care about is finding our kid. Mm -hmm. um, he listens to her when um, she tells him that, Leo is at Mason's house and he wants to run and get him. And she's like, no, no, you know, let's, let's let him come to us. Mm -hmm. And he admits his vulnerability to her. You know, he says to her, like, I was so scared. And then he also gets back to chopping vegetables, just like he did in the pilot. <laughs> so those are the four contenders. Oh man. I think the easiest way to do this is have any of them not gotten it yet? Oh my gosh, like that is so hard to remember. <laughs> I started a spreadsheet at one point, but I have not been maintaining it. But let's see, I think, I feel like Frank must have gotten it before. I feel like, I, th I think they are all repeat contenders. Yeah. If you just base it on their, their least problematic behavior in this particular episode. Oh, man. Those are four great contenders. And I think this week I'm going to give it to Tom. Because I think he has to navigate both professional and personal life, plus like a new relationship. And I think he does it all with honesty and supportiveness and yeah I think all around Tom has a lot to like deal with <laughs> in this episode uh, both at work and in his personal life and I think that he does it all while not being a toxic man <laughs> yes so congratulations Tom you are our least problematic man Hooray. congratulations you know what? This was all. This might have been our least problematic episode in general. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the the thing is right now is that Rebecca is the most problematic person. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's like you know, <laughs> Rebecca is the most problematic person on Smash this week. <laughs> <laughs> so we can scapegoat a lot of like even like Derek looked better in comparison to Rebecca and. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Rebecca did offensive accents. I mean, she, she did. Okay. She is just being uh, like a really, really bad example of a white woman at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, nothing else with this episode then. I think we really just kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I think also too, after the, like the Julie Klausner interview with the cast during intermission at the benefit concert, now that Leslie Odom Jr. has brought to our attention the many ways that the ensemble within the show of Bombshell functioned, I, I think I'm enjoying the rehearsal room scenes even more because as Leslie Odom Jr., Tony Award winner Leslie Odom Jr. pointed out, um, not only are the, the ensemble is full of like characters who have relationships to other people in the cast, the ensemble is also like literally performing as the ensemble within this show. And then for like any scene taking place in the rehearsal room, they are also the background actors. <laughs> so they have, they're really doing a lot. So they never get a break, man. Yeah, they're always in that room. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I found a Julie Klausner fact. So I was reading an article about, um, in the Washington Post, it, it was about um, Smash finally becoming a real life musical. And it talked about the benefit concert as well. And they mentioned that Julie Klausner hosted a podcast about Smash while Smash was on. Oh my goodness. So she is in fact a bona fide Smash expert. Oh, good to know. Yes. All right. So let's talk about Smash Lash now. Um, so Noel Murray for AV Club felt that the uh, Re Rebecca's maneuvering of Karen was a reverse all about Eve, which was an interesting point. He did not like the Bollywood number. He just thought it was weird. Um, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I can understand people being like, what? Where did this come from? But like yeah. my little theater heart thrilled to like every every exuberant second of it. Entertainment Weekly's Hillary Busis uh, calls Ellis's cameo in 1001 Nights absolutely fantastic, uh, which we agree. Um, and she even says the number is up there with Let's Be Bad, which is many people's number one smash number. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would rank it up there in terms of just like pure delight. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's right up there. I don't know if it's like propelling the story forward or like, mm -hmm. I love that it gives us a little, you know, you know, everyone's relationship gets like five seconds of the song, which is fun. Yeah, I like it for that. I like, I like that it, it threads together all the different relationship issues going on in the show. I'm very strong in what my top number of Smash is and we haven't gotten to it yet, so. I'll have to, when we get there, I'll have to think about whether, you know, whether A Thousand and One Nights kicks it out of number one. But we shall see. Yeah, this, this was um, an episode that, like, people felt two ways about. I think a lot of critics at this point were just done with Smash. <laughs> like, they still had to, like, talk about it, but they were no longer excited about it. You know, there was definitely, like, a vibe of oh, it wasn't until the end that they felt like anything interesting happened. Like one critic really felt that like until Rebecca realized that Ivy was competition, like that was the only interesting moment that really gave us something new to look forward to next week. Well, I will say like we were covering a lot of beats that we've covered before in terms True. of Julia has problems at home. Yeah. is making rehearsals difficult. Yeah. But, like, I, I think the Rebecca and Karen stuff and how that, um, you know, and how that pulled on strings of Karen and Deb's relationship. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I thought, like, the Rebecca-Karen-Ivy stuff was new mm -hmm. and was all really interesting. Yeah, I agree. 
I think at this point, the critics have said what they need to say about Leo and Dev, and it's just frustrating them that it, they still exist. <laughs> because it's it's hard when a show, you're, I can imagine it, it'd be really hard to review a show and you, from like the get-go, recognize what's not going to work, and then it's, it's just still there. <laughs> then it just continues to not work, yes. Yeah. And I think, like, us, you know, the critics at the time, you know, fans, like, it, it, it is maddening because it's like, there's so much that's great about Smash. And then there's, it's, it's just so clear what's not working. And so you just, you just wish you could like take the show after it's out of town tryouts and rework it, you know, for like a second wave of out of town tryouts. Yes. So is that, is that kind of the, is that it for Smash Lash Corner? Yes. I think we've smashed it. We smashed it. Yay. All right. So um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Talk and Smash. And you can follow me at Nice White Lady underscores in between nice and white. And you really just shouldn't bother following me on Twitter, but <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just follow the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great day. Take care.